Are you in Are fashion? You in fashion. Fashion. So you care about what you wear? Oh, I don't get that with the top. What is fashion? Really, no idea. Um, Good clothes. It's a statement. Mind flavors. It is an attitude. My heels are killing me. They're killing me. Like, they're actually killing me. Hello, we're back for another season of My Heels Are Killing Me. I'm your host and producer, Sonia Sly. This season of Heels offers a broader look at fashion from iconic garments to... I won't give away too much. Firstly, an intrepid journey in search of a secret garden. A little pathway, hopefully, to Truby King House. I'm actually a bit lost, though. I went down the beaten path to a house that looked a little haunted... It was scary, making my way back down in a bit of a hurry to finally find photographer David James. David? Phew. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? Hi. Hello. How's it going? It's good to see you. David is mid-shoot for Wellington Woman Mag, where he's shooting two rising stars in front of an incredible hydrangea wall that I swear I want to sneak away with. It's stunning. Now, when you see an image in a magazine, there's usually a team of people behind it. Well, there's probably always a team, including hair and makeup and a stylist. In this case, the stylist is Nicola Provost. Yeah, what's the theme behind it? Well, as we walked here on Monday, Lauren was talking to me about a secret garden, and I think it's sort of, it is really like a secret garden here, and with the clothes, obviously not making them look like they're in the Victorian era in the secret garden and making them look like beautiful, modern, young, amazing women. So the orange dress is Zimmerman from Coco and the jumpsuit is from Good as Gold. So does like quite a lot of prep take place like in the lead up to doing a shoot? Yeah, totally. And I think this one in particular, having two people to dress, Normally it's just one person and it's quite easy just to have one person for the cover and you know that that's going to look great. But having the combination of two people, both of the outfits have to go together. And Is, is it quite different dressing like real bodies rather than models? Yeah, totally. Even though they, they are real bodies, they're still tiny, gorgeous girls, so it is, it's still easy. It was fun dressing these two, actually. Is there a kind of particular brief that Wellington women, like the aesthetic that you kind of like to have in a shoot? Or? Each shoot is completely different, and I guess it depends on who is on the cover. Or a, So we've just shot the fashion editorial, and the brief was sort of, is back to work, so that obviously is a completely different brief to what we're doing today. Are there always brands that you have in mind that you want to push? Is it really about that or not so much? Uh, or is it about telling the story more than... Yeah, I never ever think in my head before I go out and select the clothes what I want because you never know what stores are going to have and what colours are in and yeah, I sort of, I, yeah, I definitely go with my gut and walking into a store. If I love it, I want to put it in the magazine and there's always particular designers that need to be used in the magazine as well and particular stores that I will have to go to, but it's good. It's good to be able to support local stores and local brands as well. Do you think that there is a Wellington aesthetic or not so much? Because, like, you know, Dunedin has its own vibe and so does Auckland. I work for Zambezi and travelling with Zambezi and seeing what's going on internationally as well. I get so much inspiration from what is going on internationally. It's cool to bring things like that back to Wellington. I don't want it to be like, this is how Wellingtonians should dress, or this is Wellington. It's like, you want to challenge people a little bit. 
And for this shoot, all eyes are on the two rising stars of the big screen. Talented young actors Edna James from feature film The Changeover. In terms of photo shoots, this is the first thing in this style that I've ever done. And Thomas and Harcourt McKenzie, who's just come back from the Sundance Festival for her lead role in American film Leave No Trace. I love this photo shoot today because it's in nature and outside. But while these young actresses are used to having all eyes on them during filming, being styled for a photo shoot feels a little bit more alien. When doing photo shoots even on set, like I guess I'm used to being in character, so... I think it's a bit more of a vulnerable feeling doing this because you're doing it as yourself. Yeah. So you're definitely a bit more vulnerable and you're aware of yourself. But, I mean, amazing new fun experiences mm. nonetheless. We find it easy to be other people. Mm. And, but once you're yourself, you're like, oh, how do I act? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. how do I display myself in front of the world when I'm like, actually myself? I, yeah. I find even, you know, in watching you know, stuff that I've been in, I can find it easy to watch myself because I'm watching a character. But then mm. when you see behind the scenes things and how we act as people, I think it's a bit more self-conscious because mm. you... You're just yourself, and this is definitely in this situation. You know, I was asked to walk earlier, and I was like, oh, I forgot how to do it. I don't know how to walk anymore. But even if you're walking down, like, the red carpet, like, do you feel like you're walking down there as you or as a character? Definitely as me. Oh, you know, walking down a red carpet and then seeing photographers and people saying, over here, over here. Put your chin up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They yell that out. Chin up, chin up. I see it, I see it. Has it made you kind of more conscious of fashion or you sort of interested in it before or like of your image and what you project you really have to pay more attention to how you display yourself and how you want to Mm. be seen and what kind of person or character you want to be yourself Mm. a lot of that is thinking about what makeup you wear and what clothes you wear and what designers you choose to wear you know making conscious choices even supporting specifically New Zealand designers Mm -hmm. if you're international or something like that and when I was at Sundance me and Mum chose to wear Karen Walker, who's a New Zealand designer. Yeah, and also I wore an awesome T-shirt that said strong female character that. on the front, <laughs> mm. which was um, made by an awesome lady called Amanda Billing, I think. They fitted. got lots of media attention. Yeah, it really did, and it fitted the theme of the, just what's going on now with, you know, woman equality and all that stuff. Oh. Yeah. A break from the shoot and it's time to speak to photographer David James about living and working in New York, which he did for a bit, the commerce of fashion and why he's so vocal on set. Ah, I like this, that's great. Yeah. What's that about? I I think it helps because I always think that if I act like a silly mate, then people will relax, I find. If I give joy, I tend to get joy back. Seems like a natural law, really, eh? It's just, suppose when I'm looking at the back of the camera and I see something, it surprises me as well. I go, really? whoa, that's amazing, I love it, you know, and I, and I do. I love the surprises I get because the camera sees things very differently, you know, to, like, I'm, I can make my best guess and, like, rock up there, take a photo, and then I'm always surprised. Getting the surprises from the people as well, the reactions. It's usually those bits in between when they're posing and focusing on themselves and then all of a sudden they'll like go to scratch themselves or like pull their t-shirt or something like that and it'll be like boom there it is it you just know? works yeah you it just see works a glimpse of them in their real kind yeah. of state and that's really important to me and i think that's why it takes a lot as well because like i'm snapping a lot because by the time you know i've gotten that shot we've taken a lot and they're just totally like it's become mundane or like and they can be themselves in yeah. front of the camera mm-hmm. yeah look at that Now, according to David, he was terrible at school and went back to study at university at the age of 27 and loved it. It also meant he was the old guy sitting in the front asking all the annoying questions. 
FYI, David has a PhD in cognitive psychology, and I'm not sure if that has in any way fed into his imagery, but the thought I do have in mind is... You know, sometimes I look at photographs and I think, I wish I could see through that person's eyes. And I just kind of wonder then, so are you, do you become immersed in that world in the moment when you're taking a photo of this kind of like imagined world? Like, because you're basically yeah. having to set the scene right. I mean, obviously yeah. stylists are there and, and yeah. stuff, but do you almost see yourself as, are you the voyeur or are you, do you see yourself as almost like a character that's kind of looking in a particular I don't think there's any kind of like real objective viewpoint at all. Like I, I, my imagination definitely colours, perfumes the photos in a lot of ways, definitely. But in light plays a huge role in that. Light and colour tells stories. You know, because like you can look at an image and sometimes you just feel nothing. When I look at your photos, I always feel something. All of that stuff is like energy. I sort of like, I'd like to attract people's attention, the subject or whatever. You kind of want to get to know them like instantly. Like it's kind of like telling a story, getting that emotion across and having a little bit of um, genuineness to it so it doesn't feel like it's posy. Did you fall into fashion? Was it conscious? The photographers that I really liked um, had started off doing musicians and one I can really name that was a big influence for me early on was Jürgen Teller. The German photographer, known as one of the key figures who's redefined fashion photography over the better part of the past three decades. His imagery is confronting, raw, and in short, makes you question what you see. I find it really difficult to, you know, it takes me a long time to figure out what to photograph. I photograph very little. It's like a writer's block, you know. You have to just let it, let, let life be. And once you have it, boom, nail it down. Right. For David, discovering Teller's work was life-changing and capturing people is what he does best. It was a real creative expression there and it took me to another place and it told a story. I got a sense of freedom from seeing his images that I'd never really sort of felt before and um, I now wanted that for me too. So I started shooting bands and... and the gritty, it's a little bit more, it's kind of yeah. fueled with sort of sex and emotion and crazy parties and stuff like that. Your photography, even like the most beautiful kind of wedding images, have a touch of that rock and roll vibe. It totally does. Yeah. Well, I like looking at that grit. It changed me slightly because music, you stand up on stage and you blast people with your music. It's kind of a really pretentious act. It's much more self-centred in a way, whereas photography, you're kind of giving something to somebody. If they see a photograph and they look great and it's your efforts, it's sort of like there's been this collaboration involved where they're like, oh, man, I look awesome in that photo. People are just attracted to the human face. Not just the beautiful human face? Not just the beautiful human face. And I guess that's why I never really got into architecture or or still life or something like that. It was just because I, I just love people and I love interacting with people and getting something from them that they wouldn't normally get before. And I think... I love coming away from a shoot and especially with, say, a new face or someone who hasn't been in front of a camera before and going, wow, that was an experience. That was... I didn't expect that to happen. And I really get a buzz from that. You moved to New York. Yeah. Was that about pursuing a career in fashion photography? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think I had really lofty ideas about what was going to happen there and and I think and a bit of an ego too oh absolutely don't you need that in order to go and take those big risks absolutely I think yeah you have to really 
like that sense of adventure, <laughs> just feeling the fear and doing it anyway kind of thing. You get a bu- I get a buzz from it. So, so how did then your energy translate when you got to New York? Was it about, yeah. I've arrived, I'm on fire, hire me, yeah. and, you know, and getting I, loads of work. What was the reality? I was, when I got there, like, I thought I was doing all right and I had a bit of a profile going to New Zealand and then going to New York. But when I got there, like, you know, you're at the bottom of the bottom. Nobody cares about you and there are a million other people trying to do the same thing as you. So I would go to agencies. I don't think I was really myself because I felt there was a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear that went, went with that. And I felt quite lost when I first got to New York. It was hard to orient myself. I felt a lack of power in a way because the city is just such a monster you have to, I think there's that word again, surrender to the, the energy that is there. You can't change things. You just have to like almost rock up and hope and, hope and pray it happens for you. I mean, I hear that in New York, that, <laughs> yeah. that, that, is the pl- I mean, that is the vibe. Like people love someone who's willing to just give it a go and put it yeah. in the yards. Straight away I started testing. I wasn't getting new money for it, but at least I had like, I think I was getting like three or four tests a day. Which, which means was, like test and model shoots. Yeah, it was a model shoot for their, their books. During that first year, I think I developed a style, sort of pushed my style a little bit further. I was shooting in different lighting situations. This was in Brooklyn and Manhattan. I just had to, you know, the model has to be there at this time, midday, harsh sunlight. Argh! So I had to really adapt and I learned a lot from doing that. I also learned a lot about the commerce of fashion and the commerce, like if the photos aren't good and they can't be used, then what's the point? You know, if they because can't you don't get paid for the photos if they I'm, can't be used. Yeah, pretty much. And I won't be used again, you know. So there was that pressure as well. I mean, yeah. it's not like you're given a roll of film and once you've used the three rolls, you're out. I mean, how many photos would you be taking at one, any one time? And if they lots. didn't use, really? Yeah, lots. I guess it's just about the style. Mm. You know, I rocked up there with my own kind of thing, and there was a very particular style that was going on at the time. What was the I style? don't know. It's very clean. I, I, they call it that Rembrandt look. You know, like there's this nice soft shadows on the face and under the eyes, whereas mine's like really poppy, high key, like kind of a bit gritty. The commerce of fashion is quite interesting. While I could do whatever I wanted, the models were turning up and I would just shoot them and then they would go to another photographer and do the same thing. Out of that, they'd probably get, you know, one or two images that they can use. So I could do whatever I want. The creative scope was there, but at the same time, if I wanted to get noticed and I wanted more work, I definitely felt I had to constrain what I was doing. And then feeling like it wasn't your style? Yeah, yeah. And what I've realised now is if I went back and did it, I would have stuck to my guns and I would have stuck to my instinct. At first year, it was really hard. Because I would have to say that your aesthetic Mm. is hot right now. The 90s kind of feel coming back. and it's It's totally 90s. It's kind of exploded. (laughs) Cool to see that because I think it was sort of like leaving a few years ago and it's sort of come back again. I think people want... Something a bit more real, less retouching. Yeah, they want to see some pores, smiles and tears and messy hair, and it's cool. People are attracted to those images a lot more, because otherwise, I think in a really image-soaked world, everything looks banal. You know, it's hard to get people's attention now. There's too much noise. Too much noise. Instagram, everything. The thing to note is that when David first began taking photos, Instagram wasn't a thing. Can you imagine? There wasn't the same immediacy where the idea of sharing images can help a creative like David to grow his audience. So what does David see as the upsides and downsides of the digital world? 
The Instagram stuff, there are certain styles, and I think as a photographer, you look at like the colors that are being used, the pre- these presets out there for Lightroom and color grading techniques that you can apply to your images to kind of get that hip Instagram look. I think there's a lot more pressure to conform to certain styles, even though there's a broad range of styles. Depending on the client that you're focusing on, they just want this kind of look, and it changes really quickly. I think Instagram's great, like for photographers. What I found when I first started doing the social media kind of side of things was that you put it on your Facebook page, and then there was much more comments and interaction that way. Whereas Instagram is very much for photographers, which I love. I love scrolling through my feed and getting inspiration. And then other times I see an amazing photo and I go green with envy over it. And I go, ah, those bastards, how did they do that? Sometimes it's like some 19-year-old person who's got this great camera and they've just managed to capture the shot. I think that's the cool thing about Instagram is that you're seeing people from all ages, all backgrounds, contributing to this kind of image pull. There is no escaping it now, is there? No, there isn't. You know, like, even in terms of, like, with what's happening in the fashion industry and, and, you know, designers almost, like, applying hand-crafted techniques to Mm. to give something a more individual sort of, like, personal feel. Do you think that there is a little touch of that, you know, kind of like, say, either going back to older cameras to do a shoot? Oh, yeah, yeah. The the vintage thing, someone said to me... It's the search for imperfection because we take photos with digital, like these really huge big files and they're beautiful, crisp, sharp images and you can play with the colour and stuff like that. People are pulling back and going, you know, muted tones, desaturated, blurry, you know, pull back, you know, to make it look like an old kind of Polaroid or something like that. So there's this kind of trend of turning digital into kind of Polaroid images. A lot of my images, like, I love that nostalgia, and I think it's memories of me looking through my childhood, looking through those old photos that are all yellow and faded, and there was something really magical about that. It was kind of like a visual archaeology, an exploration of somebody else's world through photos, and there's something beautiful about those prints that came from using film. It's funny because, like, sometimes I'll be, like, taking some photos of locations on my phone or, like, oh, I'll take a photo of my phone and I go, oh, my God, that photo's great. How do I emulate that in my camera? And then I try and it's like, it doesn't look as good. New phones have great cameras now and in some cases they're taking professionals out of the running for jobs at events like Fashion Week. So how does David feel about that? I always wonder whether or not, I hope anyway, that people still want some kind of artistic vision brought into the images and then they, they hire you for that to see the world in a different way and get high-quality images from an eye that has some imagination. I was reading a story about um, Mario Testino you know, having won a, a Lifetime Achievement Award and one thing that he has said that has kept him in the game is the whole idea of like reinventing mm. himself through his work. Mm. Do you feel like that's kind of... Relevant, you know, it's that thing. Do you stick to your aesthetic or is it about being adaptable to a changing market? Or The gauge for me is that when I'm not excited about the working, then I start to worry. Like, And I think that's, in a way, like my gut telling me that you've got to change your angle here or at least look at the world slightly differently to get that passion again. And without that, like, then there's nothing... And that has happened before when I have compromised and tried to go with some trends. What trends I, I, would they have been? I, I, I don't know. There are certain... 
I'll try out different things. Oh, that, that photographer's really big and he does it like this and it's just like, I should just stuck with my, my gut. There's not that little wee um, sparkle. It's all about the sparkle. It's all it? about the sparkle. <laughs> and when I shoot, first it's sort of like, um, it's almost like a conversation and then all of a sudden it just flows and I'm in there and I feel very much in the stream of life. I do. philosophical. I do. I do. (laughs) That was photographer David James and I'm Sonia Sly, presenter and producer of My Heels Are Killing Me. And thanks to Mark Chesterman for post-production. 